Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to Wednesday's edition of uh, Cork Today, once again we have John Paul and Sadie taking your calls uh, to 1850 333 103. Texting and WhatsApping is also available at 0862 103 103. Can I in particular look for anyone who might have a question that I can put to Minister Michael Creed, Minister for Agriculture, uh, who's going to be joining us on the programme uh, shortly uh, to talk about the Uh, announcements that were made yesterday by the government. If you have a question, I can see already uh, John Paul tells me that there's been a couple of calls in for people who are working in construction, people who are working on building sites, both large and small. They've all gone to work today. Some are telling us that the social distancing is simply not being obeyed or it's unworkable in some cases on building sites, particularly to try to do it all day long. And people are wondering, should construction sites have been included in the announcement yesterday? Because, of course, they weren't. So I'll put that question uh, to Michael Creed. Now, I know he is Minister for Agriculture and obviously will deal with the agriculture issues as well. But he's here representing the government, answering the questions to what was the emergency measures that were announced yesterday and thousands of workers are waking up today uh, with no work to go to. The only, I suppose, piece of comfort they can take is that most of their wages will be funded by the state. It's uh, an unprecedented income support package that's expected to cost about 3.7 billion uh, euro. The government hopes that by spending such a vast sum of money while the economy is some I read in one paper that they've they've called the economies in a deep freeze. The economy really we've sort of put the economy uh, to sleep. But by paying out that kind of money to workers, it will mean that the economic recovery, when it comes and it will come, it'll be faster and it'll be less expensive. So there's a rationale behind why the government are deciding to pay. It's the the, the minimum emergency welfare payment is going to be three hundred and five euro, three hundred and fifty euro a week. And we know at the moment, if somebody's unemployed uh, for a single person, it's two hundred and three euro. So it will jump for COVID nineteen for workers who's temporarily laid off to three hundred and five euro. Now the figures from yesterday, a man from the east of the country, sadly the seventh person to die from the virus and we had 204 new cases being diagnosed. So our total now in this country, we stand at 1,329. Leo Varadkar yesterday announced a raft of extraordinary new restrictions. This of course is all in an effort to try to slow down the spread of the virus. He's calling on people to stay at home 
if at all possible. He said outdoor gatherings should be confined to no more than four people. That's obviously unless you're all from the same household. He then went on to close all theatres, gyms, hairdressers, casinos, bingo halls, even though I have to say I think a lot of them were already uh, closed. Essential retail stores such as supermarkets, pharmacies, petrol stations, banks, post offices, credit unions, shops selling newspapers, all of those can remain uh, open. And we'll go down actually if we get a chance later on. I'll go down through the full list because following the announcement the government released the full list of what is allowed to remain open all else then uh, should be closing. How long is it going to, to last for when the Taoiseach was, was asked? He said it could last for months. He did admit that we are in this for the long haul. And then following Leo Varadkar, the Chief Medical Officer Tony Holland confirmed that the criteria for testing has been tightened and they're now going to limit testing for COVID-19 to those that have a high probability of having the virus. It will now be focused only on a patient who has a fever and at least one sign of respiratory disease and that would mean either a cough and it has to be a consistent cough. It's not just a cough where you're clearing your throat. This is like a cough that you just can't stop. It's just you keep coughing, coughing, coughing and it's a very dry cough by all all account and um, obviously anyone who is presenting with a fever and has shortness of breath. He said at least 20,000 people have sought tests in the past 10 days and he said it's simply not sustainable to meet that demand. Um, And actually I took a look then at the number of tests that have been done to date and what are the percentages of people testing positive and 93% of people who have been tested were negative. So I suppose it's not that they want they're saying let's not waste time on the people that are negative but they really need to find the people that are positive for COVID-19 so they can isolate those people so that they can do contact tracing on those people. So I can see the theory behind why they're starting to be selective because we were talking yesterday about 40,000 people waiting on a test. Buried in the middle of that 40,000, 93% hopefully are negative but we have to find the 7% that are somewhere in that 40,000 and get them tested as quickly as possible. Tony Hoolan says as we learn more about the, the the disease. We're prioritising those who will be tested. He says if you're not in a priority group you mightn't get a test. However if you have the symptoms, he's saying to people, you still need to assume that you have COVID-19 and you still need to uh, isolate. Tony Hoonan says one of the most common features of the illness is fever. But then he did say not everyone gets a fever, but in the majority of cases, people will have a fever. I mean, the obvious one who didn't have a fever was the RT broadcaster, Claire Byrne, who tested positive for, for the virus. She thought that she just had a very bad head cold and we saw her on TV and it turned out she never displayed the signs of a fever. But it's a very small number of people who won't have a fever. The majority of people uh, will. So there's huge restrictions now on outdoor gatherings and we're being told that more park rangers will be deployed to ensure people who are out walking maintain a two metre physical distance from each other and that we don't get large groups of people all turning up to a place all wanting to go for a walk. But I think that's where 
individual responsibility if you decide to head to the beach you decide to head to a park or a wooded area and when you go to park up your car if you see that the car park is full maybe you should just do a U-turn and come back at another time or go to a different place where there are not as many people. The state is also taking over private hospitals with 2,000 beds and patients will be treated on clinical need as the health service becomes a one-tier system. Something, my God, did we ever see we'd have a one-tier health system in this country. That's the one thing COVID-19 has done. Private hospitals are expected to be largely treating non-coronavirus patients and the details of the new arrangements are to be worked out in the coming days. It will free up public hospitals who obviously are bracing themselves for a surge of coronavirus patients in the coming days. All existing coronavirus measures remain in place including the closure of the schools. That was the one thing everyone was waiting on yesterday. The closure of the schools uh, they were due to reopen next Monday. That's now been extended which I have to say when they closed the schools nearly two weeks ago now it was being speculated at the time that the they wouldn't even look at opening the schools until after the Easter holidays. So that's where we're at now. They're saying they're being extended until Sunday, April the 19th, which would be the end of the Easter holidays. That could be reviewed again, though. Speculations is saying that, you know, that they won't go back. But as of now, uh, schools will not reopen until Monday, the 20th of April. Leah Radke went on to thank the public for listening to the advice on physical distancing, to listen to the advice on hand washing. He said it's too early to know for sure, but they do believe it is making a difference. However, he did say more needs to be done. People should only leave home to go to work. That's if they can't work from home. You should only be leaving your home to go out and get uh, essential supplies and you should only need leave your home to go out and do some physical exercise. He says we can't stop the virus but working together we can slow it in its tracks and we can push it back and the hope is that the longer we push it back the better the chance we have of a cure being found or a treatment being found for people who get diagnosed with COVID-19 and then that's again is all buying time while all of the doctors and the scholars are working on coming up with a vaccine and that's what we're pushing out for so that you know hopefully by this time next year there will be a vaccine in place and we can all put COVID-19 behind us and just by the way um, when I mentioned that the schools now are not going to reopen until Monday the 20th of April or that's the new date that they're speculating that it will open the government is still hoping that the written exams for the Leaving Cert and the Junior Cert will run in June as per the normal timetable Uh, the shutdown of preschool schools higher education uh, colleges um, has been totally unprecedented and of course the big concern and the worry are for the exam students but the Education Minister Joe McHugh says we're doing everything in their power to make sure that the exams happen. He went on yesterday to urge students facing the state exams to keep focused, keep working, try as much as possible to prepare as normal. We know that the oral and the practicals they were due, they were due to start this week, they've all been cancelled. Um, but if running all of the written exams is not feasible, they are saying that the leaving cert will get the priority. The reopening of the schools and the normal conduct of exams 
both depend on how the COVID-19 public health emergency plays out. Now, in a worst case scenario, schools would not return until next September. So that would be five months after they closed their doors on the 12th of March. The extended shutdown leaves little time for post-primary schools because they normally wrap up at the end of May. There's little time if they were to try to resume into some kind of a, a, meaningful, a, a meaningful uh, academic year. Primary schools would be a little bit better because they go on until the end of June. So if they do go back at the same, the start of May, they'd have a couple of months to get back into the into the swing. And I know, and I know, we've had some calls in saying, you know, when it all settles down, why don't we just cancel the 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 summer holidays make this period of time as if this is the summer holidays for the children and how would teachers feel about going back in and teaching in schools during June, July and uh, August. I don't know how well that would go down with uh, teachers. If any of the teachers are listening, how would you feel about if you were, if you end up being off for March, April and May, would people be willing to work for June, July and August to make up the education lost on the children. 1850 Some of your calls coming into the programme. We were speaking about rubbish yesterday and people dumping rubbish yesterday. It's just even with all everything that's going on with COVID-19, the litter issue unfortunately is not disappearing. Maraid says, Patricia, hello, just to follow on from a point that was brought up on your programme by some of your listeners uh, yesterday. Just to let you know, there is a bag full of, ru- of plastic in cans that I personally picked up along a countryside road near where I live just last weekend. Bearing in mind, it's a very small stretch of road. Absolutely disgraceful. Uh, Thanking you. And if it was a plastic bag full of plastics, plastic bottles and cans and sweet wrappers, etc. Do we assume that they would thrown out car windows? If you're going for a drive, and of course there's nothing wrong with going for a drive during COVID-19, as long as you don't meet up with anyone or if you do, keep the social distancing of uh, two metres. And if you're bringing something to eat or drink when you're in the car, will you just please bring the rubbish home? I just want to do one final piece before we go to a piece of music. This is a great piece in from Margaret in uh, Donnerell, who says uh, who writes under the Donnerell blog, people will know that Don, they, in the North Cork area will be well aware of Margaret and this excellent blog that she has up on Facebook. Anyway, she says, hi Patricia, I hope you are well and keeping well. Thank you for your wonderful programmes. Thank you. Uh, regarding the lockdown, everyone is looking for it, but I'll be honest, I'm furious that it has had to come to this, i.e. that the government has had to put, even though the government won't say it's a lockdown, but have had to put these extreme measures in place. We've been asked to take ownership of our behaviour and that of our families. The majority of us have brought into this. It's a whole new normal for us, Patricia, but the majority agreed, yes, and we will do this. The minority, however, decided that we will all head off from home and crowd parks and beaches last weekend. Why do they decide to do that? Donnerell Wildlife Park has a lot of parking available. They even have an overflow car park. Now, Patricia, if you arrived there and saw that both of these car parks were full, would something not click in your brain and tell you, go home, the park is full? No. Now, I know with 500 acres to ramble around, uh, they all, there should be lots of space, 
that the vast majority of people decided to crowd into one area and all of them were having their picnics. Now, Patricia, if this park closes, it will be because of this behaviour, not because of the people who go there every morning and go for a walk and then go home. It'll be a loss to parents and special children who love to take their children there. It'll be a loss to locals who walk their dogs. And by the way, all of the locals pick up after their own dogs. Patricia, there are someone cannot even, there are some people out there who cannot even heed the notices. All dogs, it clearly states it in the park, must be on their leads at all times, yet you will constantly see dogs off the lead. Uh, And by the way, I live on my own. On Mother's Day, I had all my family around me at the front door. Coffee and flowers were landed on my doorstep. In the afternoon, a plant was landed at the back doorstep and my granddaughters took up spaces in the back garden and we had a wonderful chat. They, they did that for their other nana as well, but well kept their distance. Yesterday, Patricia, my day consisted of tuning into you while I had my breakfast. I then fed the birds. I took the dog for a walk in the opposite direction, can I say, to Donnerill Park. I had a latte, from the lovely present I got from Mother's Day. I then made porridge loaf, caught up with social media and I updated the Donnerell blog on relevant issues. I rang two friends and I had a chat. I did my knitting. It always keeps me going. I went out myself then to look for Chip, which is a dog that's missing in the Donnerell area. I met two neighbours and we chatted from across the road from each other. I then prepared my dinner. I spoke to my granddaughter while she prepared hers. I soaked fruit so that I can make a tea back today. I then updated the Donnerell blog to thank our local businesses who remain open for our convenience and to say a huge thanks to all of our hospital staff. We can all do this but we all must buy into it. Take care. And that's from Margaret. Well done, Margaret, who was so right. There are a cohort, and I think she's right. I think the majority of us are trying to buy into us, are trying to do our very best to remain indoors. I have a tiny little back garden and the words we were getting exercise of late. We're out yesterday walking up and down with Marcia so as not to bring her out, so as not to expose her or to expose or meet up with other people. And it's not going to be forever. It's not that the government are asking us to do this forever. This time next year, we'll be looking back saying, oh, remember what it was like this time last year. But the sooner we all buy into it, as Margaret says, the sooner we'll get out of it. Thank you for your questions coming in from Michael Creek as he's going to be joining me in a couple of minutes. We have a few more minutes to get questions in specifically for the government and what was announced uh, yesterday. Court McSherry Sea Festival has been cancelled for this year. I'm also told that all theory tests cancelled with immediate effect. Candidates who have a driver theory test scheduled up to the 19th of April will be contacted to notify them that their test will be rescheduled and it will be scheduled free of charge when services resume. But as of now, all theory tests for your driving licence have been uh, cancelled. Aircoach have been on to say they have suspended their services until the 26th of uh, March. There's a number of calls coming in about call centres and social distancing. Um, that obviously, in the call centre, they can't work from at home. That wasn't included in the list uh, yesterday. they also getting calls in that there's no water in Carrigan-Navarra. Now, we've contacted Irish Water and we're getting on to and hopefully we'll have an answer before the, they're normally quite good to get back to us. I'm assuming it's some kind of a break and they're working on it as we speak. Dublin's Three Arena, they've cancelled all concert from, from now 
until the 28th of April. And Betty in the city was on to say her daughter applied online for the welfare for the COVID-19 payment. Um, Last week, she got €23 into her account, but yesterday it was only €17 into her account. They told her she'd applied for job seekers and on the form, but she had not applied. Her employer gave her the letter but all but she is not the only one as the lady in her local social welfare officer said there's a few of them like this so people need to be careful I'm a bit confused on that sorry I should have, I should have read that first okay there seems to be some issue when you're applying for your COVID-19 payment it is a separate form it's a completely separate form to the job seekers form it's a one page form and when we had our expert on from the Department of uh, Social Protection last week we were pains to point that out that it's a one page form and the whole idea was is to make it as simple and as easy as possible and something else that we're checking out and hopefully we'll get an answer to even though because negotiations are going on with private hospitals over the next few days we mightn't have an answer to this for a few days but somebody has has raised an issue that we're getting a lot of other people are thinking the same thing Good morning to you Patricia after the announcement made yesterday that all hospitals are now public we have a one tier health system. There's no private, no public. All hospitals are the same. And we're here, we heard yesterday, everyone's to be treated the same. Can health insurance now be suspended without penalty? I web chatted VHI this morning and they said they had no update from management. Maybe you could find out for us. Thank you for keeping us updated and informed. So we've now contacted both VHI and Leia Healthcare. Just to put that issue, if, there's a, if it's a one tier health service, why are people paying for private health insurance? And most people pay for their private health insurance on a monthly basis. Could they stop the premium until this is finished, till the COVID-19 crisis is finished and then go back to paying again? We'll see. As I say, I don't know if we'll get an answer on that today because, uh, because I think a lot of the I's have to be dotted and T's have to be crossed because we did hear yesterday that the private hospitals, that the arrangements are to be worked out in the coming days. So I think it's going to take a few days to sort that out. And once that's sorted out, maybe then the companies will look at their payment scheme and uh, see where we are from there. 1850 uh, John Paul and Sadie taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. We're going to take a break and we're back chatting with the Minister for Agriculture, Michael Creed. Eggfoil and Mock, Quidden and Nihia is Farlin. Shot eight thrower, C103 Air Kirkig. Is Marga Bay on the English market, Elor Hahar Kirkui, in a will Ramesha Lahan Stali Yakas Shastoin, Lebush Dairy, Bokhari, Kanahori Aishk, Stali Glass Ree, Shapui Cafe, a Hodas Klohush, Agas Avatni Smo. Dinkor Olu Hosu the Hodil, when salt does an atmosphere, Nublasana, Agas Blafele, on Irgniv Shaw, a hen Shirgati in Vlien, Mila Shakyad Sahotau Hot. The government had been coming under intense pressure to follow the lead of other European states such as Spain and Italy and then this week the United Kingdom who have already prohibited any unnecessary outings or gatherings in public. And of course a lot of concerns were raised that large groups of people gathered at beaches and mountains and walkways over last weekend. Minister for Agriculture Michael Creed joins me to talk about the measures that were introduced yesterday. Good morning to you Michael. Good morning Patricia. And you're you're welcome to the programme. The Taoiseach is slow to call this a, a full lockdown. Why is he slow and why does he not want to use that word lockdown? 
Well, look, I, I don't think we should get hung up on, on terms. This is a public health emergency. We've had, regrettably, seven deaths. We've 13, over 1,300 confirmed cases. We've 18,000 tests done. There are 36 people in intensive care as we speak. There are 277 cases in hospital. A quarter of those that have uh, have contracted the virus are healthcare professionals. So I think, you know, getting hung up on whether it's a lockdown or any other word you want to call it, it's the appropriate response at the appropriate time informed by the National Public Health Emergency Team led by Dr. Tony Hoolan. And if there are to be further measures, uh, you know, recommended by them, they will be approved by government in due course. We are taking the appropriate steps informed by the appropriate professional people. Do you think the message is getting through to the majority of people, particularly around social distancing and the hand-washing etiquette? Well, look, I mean, there's an old adage in in, in marketing to repeat ad nauseum the message. And I don't think we can say it often enough that, you know, there are things that the public health service and the state can and will do. But... 45% 45% of the cases to date are community transmission. So if we could eliminate that, we'd have half the problem we have. And critical to that is hand washing, uh, you know, social distancing, etc. And I think it is getting true, but I think we're going to continue with that messaging until we reach every last person that needs to hear the message again and again and again. Does it worry you when you hear there were a quarter of those who've tested positive are healthcare professionals? Of course it does. And like we owe an enormous debt of gratitude to all of those people um, because uh, they are in the front line and, uh, you know, without their dedication and professionalism and availability and like the numbers of people who have registered to, you know, who are perhaps retired members, previous employees, people who are working abroad who've, who've indicated that in this hour of need that they will answer Ireland's call is quite staggering, uh, to be quite honest. And it's, I suppose it in a way defines who we are, our, our sense of community and our concern for others, you know, indeed outside our, of our own immediate family concerns that people are prepared to do this. And, um, you know, the healthcare professionals, their job will be made a lot easier and will be exposed to a lot less risk if all of the rest of us will do as directed in terms of the measures that have been announced. Okay, I can see when we mentioned you were coming on, a, a lot of people are, are coming in with questions. A lot of them are similar. There's a lot of people concerned, Michael, that building sites and construction sites haven't closed down. And I can see people are contacting us because either their husband or their son is working on a construction site and social distancing is impossible. Could the measures have gone further yesterday? Well, look, of course they could have gone further. Um, and and who knows, you know, if the National Public Health Emergency Team requires further help and, and measures, they will happen. But I would say to, to uh, the contractors on building sites, if there aren't appropriate steps being taken, and look, social distancing in every work environment is a, can be a challenge. Um, you know, whether you're on a building site or whether you're on a fishing boat or whether you're uh, on a factory floor, there are challenges around social distancing and we have to do what we can do within the, the work environment because 
the core message is, look, uh, we want, you know, those businesses that are critical to continue to function. And up to now, you know, construction is identified as a, an important sector with a lot of work to be done. But it should not be done in a way that compromises public health. So critical issues, and I've had engagement with people who are working on building sites as well, critical issues like hand sanitising, hand washing facilities, um, you know, are, are absolutely crucial. And if people feel that these steps haven't been taken on building sites, they should report it up the line. And if they feel distinctly uncomfortable, I, it would be entirely, in my view, understandable if they, uh, you know, ceased operations on those building sites. It's, a, it's an individual choice. Others are talking about call centres that you, can't, you simply can't work from home uh, when you're working in a call centre and people saying, well, so they're trying social distancing, some feel it's not working. Should call centres have been included? Well, look, as I said, every work environment presents its own challenges. Um, and call centres uh, are doing important work. I mean, um, so they're not closed. People uh, should continue to work, but uh, management in those facilities need to make sure that insofar as is possible and practical, they need to take the appropriate measures. This isn't a total lockdown of everybody and everybody should go home. There are critical work functions to be carried out, um, and insofar as we can practice that social distancing and the appropriate uh, responses as dictated by the HSE, they should be uh, embraced by employers and employees. Okay, and a number of people want to say well done to the government for looking after the people uh, whose jobs are gone because of uh, COVID-19. And we're looking at, Regina Doherty looking at, is it 3.7 billion euro it's going to cost? Yeah, that's the estimated cost. I mean, that's the estimated cost at the moment for the, that particular package. Uh, it, the, the cost of this, uh, Patricia, will be multiples of that. Um, uh, it, it, you know, nobody knows how long. Um, that's the estimated cost for a 12-week period of, for this. What we want to do, I suppose, is to have the economy primed so that challenging and all as the rebooting of the economy will be when we emerge from this, that we have a head start in the, in particularly in the context of maintaining the link between employers and employees that people can hit the ground running so to speak and that's important um, and obviously you know the financial strain that people will be under in terms of the payments that have been approved and the concessions that have been um, negotiated with banks utility companies rent freezes um, all of that stuff is is hugely important we're going through a, like an unprecedented economic shock, but that is secondary to the the public health issues. And Absolutely. we're in a way we we are responding post factum, I suppose, in the context of the economic impact, um, and and doing the best we can. And you know, this isn't a mealy mouthed response. It's it's appropriate to the challenge we face, uh, and hopefully, it will enable us as I said, to reboot the economy quickly afterwards. So the challenge will be huge. OK, listener wants to know where B&Bs included in the list of closures. They signed the text, a concerned listener. Well, well, my understanding is is that hotels have been directed, and I presume this would apply, um, and I, 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 so to be honest, I, I, I can't answer this specifically, but hotels have been advised, and I think this would apply to any accommodation. And campsites and caravan parks were included as well, so I I would would assume that that would be B&Bs as well. Yes, but but, um, hotels were advised that all non- 
uh, essential accommodation yeah. provision. So if you have a critical uh, person to, you know, to accommodate, you know, it's, it's not a, a holiday tour uh, of West Cork, but may, maybe somebody who's coming in uh, for critical business purposes, you know, I, I, I think that might be covered. Um, but the, the, the direction is, is clear to hotels. Um, and as I'm talking to you, scrambling to look at the, the note, um, I won't find it. Um, uh, yeah, I, look, I mean, all playgrounds, holidays, caravan parks to close, um, all places of worship, all sporting events, cafes, restaurants. Um, will I find a hotel? I, I, but but, but, I, but I, 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 would, I would assume that common sense would dictate that if you wanted a B&B business, that you would, be, you would be closing it down. It's not that you're going to have a load of tourists knocking on your door to say, have you a bed for the night? I mean, you know, B&Bs will be the same as hotels, unless, as you say, there's somebody coming who is, you know, maybe you're close to a hospital and you have staff from the hospital that stay there. Yeah, the, the, the line very in, different. The line here in, in, in the letter from Tony Hoolan is all hotels to limit occupancy to essential non-social and non-tourist reasons. Yeah, yeah. So I presume the same would, would be apply a, a, would be with, with, to with other the accommodation providers, non-social and, and, and non-tourist reasons. Okay, can I get to some uh, agricultural questions now, please? Question from Michael. Just wondering if Michael has made any decisions about extending the TB test currently on calves. Perhaps if it was extended from 42 days, maybe to 63 days, calves could be on ration and buyers might be in a better position to buy them at home and eliminate increasing the vet's workload. Just an idea. By the way, Michael and the government are doing a great job thanking you and tell everyone keep safe. No, we, we haven't. Um, now, what your listeners might not be aware of is uh, obviously the Department of Agriculture has vast experience of mass testing uh, regimes and has a very significant laboratory network, you know, headquartered in Back Western, which is a, a vast uh, laboratory uh, network in, in, uh, outside Dublin. But we also have uh, um, laboratories all over the country and indeed Tagusk has a range of laboratories. But on top of the laboratory facilities, we also have trained personnel, virologists, immunologists, uh, epidemiologists. And we are very much plugged into the whole of government and particular to the health endeavour in this regard in terms of making our facilities and our staff expertise available to the COVID-19 testing. Now, this is going to have a consequent knock-on on other uh, testing, but we do not envisage that it will cause any undue delay because other arrangements are being put in place. But we are, and I think it is, I suppose, a signal of the kind of whole-of-government approach where all expertise is being pulled into the centre for, for the COVID-19. We are as a department and are very pleased to play our role in terms of the expertise that we have because we have experience of mass testing regimes, uh, you know, and that expertise is a transferable uh, expertise in the, in the context of the challenge we face now with um, COVID-19 and our personnel and our facilities are being used in that regard. But we do not see it having a, a, an impact yet on, on testing, but it's something that we are obviously monitoring on a daily basis. We will do nothing to impede uh, the availability of resources that are required to deal with the public health issue. If that has consequences, knock on, so be it. But we're trying to manage that at the moment. Why are the Department of Agriculture not answering their phones? We need them to, says Dan. Well, Dan, I, I mean, I do understand that. But I suppose you have to understand also that we are 
We are managing contingency planning here. We have critical functions to preserve. We are splitting teams to make sure, for example, that we keep payment systems going. We are keeping applications uh, systems in place, that we are keeping critical teams in a sense, uh, you know, in, in isolation so that they're able to do the functions that they have to do. So this is having an impact, I accept. We are trying to maintain business as usual and we are certainly encouraging people like Dan to use telephone rather than face-to-face contact with our range of offices, whether it be the department or agencies of the department. But we are endeavouring to keep the show on the road as best we possibly can. And I think in the circumstances, doing a reasonably good job. But if, if there are, you know, I'm, I'm sure the department will, will get back to people as best as possible. Bearing in mind, I suppose, that interface and contact now should be around critical issues rather than routine. Okay, but have patience if, if, if you're not getting yeah. through. Okay, and a couple of calls then about the closure of the marts. Maureen from Moy uh, says, Patricia, what about our marts? We have lambs ready to go for Easter. Uh, what are we going to do? And someone else says, could you ask Minister Michael Creed what, what to do for farmers who want to sell their calves uh, at, at what is one of the busiest times, the decision to close the marts? Yes, look, I mean, uh, this was a, a difficult decision, one I suppose that we weren't entirely surprised by. Um, some marts had opted already to close. Uh, some were operating, you know, under uh, revised arrangements to minimise risk. Uh, but it was felt that the public health emergency team felt that the risk was too high to continue business as usual. What we are looking at is what we can leverage from this prohibition of no for longer being available to sell cattle through the mart. Can we leverage the expertise that the various marts have in terms of valuation of, of, of stock? Can we use facilities to facilitate inter-farm sales in terms of weighing, for example, in marts? These are issues that are the subject of contacts and engagement now between my department and the public health emergency team and we will be in a position to advise further in that regard. Okay, we're all, we have to learn to live our lives in a very different way and it's 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 for everyone and it's for every industry unfortunately. And then fishermen, a couple of questions in about fishermen. Somebody saying why the government not protecting the, the fishermen, uh, fishermen in Dingle had to block two trawlers coming into uh, ports. And I know we had Deputy Michael Collins on from West Cork earlier in the week and he was asking could the government not insist that Irish supermarkets start stocking fresh Irish fish? Yeah, um, can I deal with both um, sequentially? I mean, the issue in Dingle, in my view, was, and, and, and in fact there was a, a limited version of this in Castletown Bear as well, was entirely regrettable. I mean, for at so many levels it was regrettable. I mean, our our fishermen, for example, at the moment, and, and there's an issue around this in terms of where the market is at at the moment, are out there fishing, for example, for, for Megrim, for Hake, for Monk, and... Most of that uh, product is intended for the UK, French, Spanish markets in particular. We have particular problems with prawns in in the Italian market. And there's a a domino effect because of the COVID-19 in terms of, you know, the the market, the the outlets that we have for for selling this product. There There are protocols in place. And in fact, the French embassy have confirmed to us in contact that they made to us subsequent to the Dingle incident 
that their uh, fishermen and boats are operating under guidance from them not to disembark. There is a single market, which is hugely important for us. And if our response uh, is to to take measures to kind of renationalize the market, um, you know, that would be hugely counterproductive for us because in a previous conversation we were talking about calf sales. We want our product to go through French ports to get to, you know, our calves to Spain, our calves to France, our calves to the Dutch market. And blockading our ports to French or Spanish boats could have calamitous consequences for us whose agri-food and fishing industry is outward facing and looking to serve international markets. Obviously, you know, in terms of, um, uh, you know, the COVID-19 response, there are protocols in place. These people bring business in. If you look at Castle Bear Co-op, for example, they have a very strong processing business connected with the Spanish market. Those markets are in difficulty, not that they have been closed to us, but the market outlets themselves, a bit like our own retail outlets, um, have closed because of the COVID-19 challenge. So we want to make sure that we're not doing anything ourselves that impedes us of getting our product to market, which includes our fisheries product. Now, on the point of can we do something, I had an engagement uh, with all of the fisheries producer organizations on Friday last, including the processors, and we had also BIM uh, on that teleconference. And we're looking at how we can, because a lot of the... The waste counters in big retail outlets have closed um, because of the COVID-19 challenge. And we are looking at how we might, in terms of maybe um, additional packaging and minimum processing, uh, present the product in a different fashion to, to our retail partners so that it can be sold. Because otherwise, those who are out on the high seas now will have no market to go to. And what we need to do is to match the fishing effort that we're making now with whatever market opportunities that we have and leaving the quota that's there, which is a scarce and valuable resource, to a time when the market and the price will pick up at a later stage. I spoke yesterday uh, to the commissioner in Brussels, the uh, the DJ Mare, the, the fisheries commissioner, about supports that are necessary for our fishing industry, uh, subsequent to our conversation on Friday last with the industry, support for tie-ups, support for storage, um, and I will be participating today in a Council of uh, Ministers meeting on that matter later this afternoon, as I will be on, on agricultural matters. Okay, and of course, this is a world, this is a world, this is not just an Irish problem, this is a problem. Absolutely, and look, we all need, over the world. Okay. we need European solidarity here. Um, and I think for that reason, the kind of actions that were taking place in Dingle and in Castleton Bear, really, we should reflect on how absolutely counterproductive it is to our own economic interest, okay. but also I'm, how damaging I'm, it is to kind of the, the public image of us. I'm way over on time. We'll talk again, Michael, in the meantime. Thank you for that. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you very uh, much. Patricia. Good morning to you. That is the Minister for Agriculture, Michael Creed. The C103 Cork Diary is a free service to help non-profit organisations all over Cork. So if you're a community group or a charity that's holding a fundraising event or meeting, send us the details at least one week in advance and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email info at c103.ie. The Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit Cork. Coco.ie C103
C103. C103 is online everywhere. Connect with us across our social media and have your say. Find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by searching C103 Cork. Visit our website c103.ie for the latest show info, podcasts and all the news from across Cork and you can listen live. Or take us with you everywhere on your phone. Download the app from the Google Play Store, iTunes or c103.ie. The World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. Can I just profusely apologise that we didn't get to all of the questions for Minister Michael uh, Creed. Uh, we got through a, a good number of them, but I know people always get very disappointed if they take the time to contact us and then it just gets uh, too busy. And But my thanks to Michael Creed. I mean, he spent well over 20 minutes with us on the programme and we do appreciate that. We will go through all your calls and comments, though, that are coming in. And I can see people are, are have queries in about various things. We're going to try and get some of them checked. And then when we do, we will get them back to you, including a lot of people people asking are there any plans to extend the fuel allowance because I think this is the last week isn't it is it this week or next week is the last week this week is the last week that the fuel allowance is being paid out we're going to get that checked okay just to, to stop people with a huge amount of people contacting us on that one you're listening to Cork Today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed we're getting a huge, huge volume of calls and texts and we are doing our very best to get through all of them. So please, please have patience with us. Sadie and John Paul are both answering phones today at 1850-333-103. Texting and WhatsApping is at 0862-103-103. Let me go through some of what we're getting in. We've answers for some and we're emailing uh, various departments to try to get answers on other issues. VHI, in fairness, have been back to us. This is from the number of people who are saying because now we have we will have a one-tier health system. There's no private health, uh, no public health anymore. The private hospitals are going to be taken over by the government and they all, everyone will be treated the very same for this, for the duration of the COVID-19 emergency. And people are wondering, well, those people who pay private health insurance, should there be some either refund on the premium that they've paid or if they pay a monthly premium, should that be suspended until the emergency has passed? VHI says they're currently considering yesterday's announcement. They say it's too early to understand the implications, but they're going to be engaging with the government over the next couple of days to see how it's going to be implemented. And that's what I felt when I was mentioning what was happening with the private hospitals. They're they're going into negotiations now to, for the logistics of how this is going to work so it's, that's kind of one of one of those ones watch this space something w- should and will develop on that over the next uh, few days we've calls in particularly from older people who are self-isolating about could they get their NCT test rescheduled we're going to get on to NCT to see what is happening there I'm sure that there won't be a problem uh, getting them rescheduled but let's let's get the exact word from NCT because that is very understandable if people are self-isolating they're not going to get into a car and drive to an NCT centre to see if their car hopefully that their car uh, will pass Sheila North Cork was annoyed with Lear Varadkar that he didn't shut down the entire country she wanted him yesterday to go for the full lockdown her reasoning uh, is she's two sons 
They work in two different locations and they're continuing to work uh, while, even while other colleagues are being tested for the coronavirus where they work. One of my sons lives with me. He can't go anywhere else. I've got an underlying condition and I'm extremely worried. Uh, why do they not stop all workplaces? Is that not the only way to prevent the spread? Well, you've just got to be extremely careful when your son comes into the house and abide by all of the rules that we've been told to do as soon as your son I mean everyone that comes back into our house I mean obviously I come to work uh, here my husband is sort of working from home but an odd day he's got to go into the office but any of us coming into the house as soon as we go, we, you go in you remove any outdoor coat that you have on you it's put away it's not let hanging up over the back of a chair you put it away so if there's any virus on it it would be gone by the next time that you would take it out take it out you immediately go and wash your hands you phone keys anything that you've been touched and if you're in the one of those asterisk groups just be extremely particular about hand hygiene and make sure that your hands are not touching your face and even if God forbid your son did bring it in he's not going to be passing it on to you and you know you can live in the one house self-isolating if you want to do that you can go by go onto the HSC website and you'll see all the rules and regulations around self-isolation you can protect yourself uh, as well because the government are adamant as of now there isn't going to be a complete lockdown of all industry it may come we don't know but as of now it certainly isn't going to come and another listener uh, says I'm a very concerned mother and wife I have a serious underlying health uh, issue I haven't left my house for three weeks but my husband works for a construction company in West Cork he has to work he said it's completely impossible to have physical distance on the site they don't even have a tap with hot water to wash their hands only a tap outside with cold water I'm scared every evening when he comes uh, to the door for uh, myself, himself, for me and for our children. Again, as soon as he comes in, straight into the shower, every squeak of clothes on him I would have into the washing machine and I would be opening the door for him and sort of making a, a route straight to the shower and just get in there and make sure he he scrubs every part of his body where he thinks he could have picked up a, a virus. That's what we we all have to look after ourselves and look after the people that we live with. Okay, some of your texts coming in and I know that's difficult by the way I'm, and I'm not trying to be flippant but I do know it is difficult. Hi, I'm wondering about renewal of my driver's licence if a person is to go to the doctor for a night test uh, what will they do now? If you're over 70 you don't need that medical report anymore and in this hour we are going to be discussing the under 70s who have specified illnesses where you have to go to a GP we've been told that most GPs are saying we're too busy, that's routine work we're not doing that at the moment and we're now working on trying to get some arrangement in place for the under 70s but if you're over 70 and that's what you're looking for they have suspended the need for the eye test and the medical uh, test until there's a date in July so you can just apply for your driving licence as uh, is. Hi Patricia, would you please remind your listeners to say a prayer at 12 o'clock today. That was the request from the Pope. Oh yeah, the, the Pope has asked that everyone at 12 o'clock today just takes a little moment to themselves and just say a little silent prayer if you're in a family group and you want to do it with people that you're with, feel free to do that. But he's, it's for COVID-19. Uh, it can't hurt, that's for sure. On a build... On building sites, I know a guy working on a site. He's operating a track digger. He starts at 7 o'clock in the morning and he's there until 5.30. He stays in his cab all day. And you have people saying, that's not safe. I'm operating a tractor. 
or anyone operating a tractor or plant equipment are always self-isolating. I need to go now and spread my beautiful smelling slurry, says this uh, texter. And no doubt we'll have people in complaining about the spread of uh, slurry. Somebody's on about supermarkets, was in a supermarket yesterday and they need to start limiting the customers going in at any one time. Social distancing was impossible in the supermarket yesterday. The aisles were full with people going in every direction. It's crazy. Surely they should have an arrow system going one way so that people can't pass and and anyone else out at close quarters. And in fairness to supermarkets, they are trying to do their very best. I know at the check-in, the checkout desks, they have the you know the two meter space, and they ask people. I know I've been in supermarkets where I've seen signs up around the store saying to people please respect the two metre rule it's it's almost impossible at times if the supermarket is busy I suggest if you're very very nervous uh, and you know and you sound by your text that you're just nervous of being that close to people maybe you're in one of the asterisk groups there are different times of the day where it's quieter go early in the morning I know a lot of the supermarkets for example for older people and People in at-risk groups and carers very early in the morning, they're asking the general population to stay away and allowing a quiet time for people to go shopping. So maybe you need to just look at the time of the day in which you're going to the supermarket, either go early in the morning or later in the evening. And you should certainly get a much more quiet uh, time. Hi, Patricia. Good morning. Hope you and all at C103 are, are keeping safe and well. We're doing our best. I'm just wondering, will there be two weeks payment of the old age pension this week? I think it will make perfect sense as it would cut the amount of time senior citizens have to go out by half, keep up the fantastic work. I have an answer on that, but just hold a sec because I had another text in for somebody who was worried when they heard that a post office was closing and they were wondering were all post offices closing and could we look into that so what we did was we got on to one post to tell us that the majority of post offices will open from 8am this Friday and that's to facilitate old age pensioners who want to conduct their business ahead of all of the other customers. Special arrangements are in place for people who pick up their pensions from the post office and who are impacted by COVID-19 and a special arrangement has been put in place for a new two-week payment. Uh, Post offices have introduced social distancing, other practical measures to safeguard uh, customers, Uh, for example, avoiding the need for customers to handle counter equipment such as signing pads and pens. The majority of post offices opening hours are are as normal with some temporary closures and temporary changes to opening uh, hours, but no post offices in Cork. There's been a couple of temporary closures on post offices in Dublin and that's to do with COVID-19 uh, but they're just temporary and they will be reopening but there's no post offices closing in Cork uh, Just uh, but the two week payment yes is being paid special arrangements for Department of Social Protection customers impacted by COVID-19 have been put in place so the two week payment kicks in from uh, this week and you're right that will save old age pensioners having to go out they won't have to go out again for another two uh, weeks Hi, I am disgusted with the government. You must wait eight days to be tested for the coronavirus and then you've got to wait four days to get your results. I must be tested as I have symptoms. I mind my special needs brother who is happiest at home, but now he's had to be taken away from me. 
until I get tested. Oh, he has to self, he, this lady has to self-isolate it. He wants to come home. The government needs to stop splitting up families and get the testing done uh, with a one-day wait. Stop splitting up families for long periods when it isn't necessary. Oh, goodness me, that is absolutely heartbreaking. And obviously you have to self-isolate. Your brother has to, be, has to go somewhere else, which is really, really uh, cruel and seems so un- unnecessary but unfortunately so many people have come forward for testing that's why they've brought in the new rules and regulations around they're only now going to test people who've got two of the symptoms because 93% of everyone that has been tested to date do not have the coronavirus they've been negative so only 7% have it so while people think they have it and while we've all been told if you get uh, symptoms you must isolate just in case you are one of those 7%. But in the midst, you're going to get stories like that, heartbreaking stories like that, because I know one of the issues that we're hoping to address is for somebody just like you, for carers, what happens if a carer gets COVID-19 or needs to self-isolate? We end up with situations like that where the person that's been cared for has to be removed from the house. I would, I would absolutely, if I was in control... I would be putting people like that as a priority. It's the same, you know, they're going to prioritise people who work, obviously, in the front line, the doctors and the nurses and the care assistants. Uh, and I think I saw Gardaí as well are going to be, if any of them present with symptoms, they get tested immediately. I think for carers at home who are looking after loved ones, I think they should be top as well. They should be up there with the doctors and the nurses. It's it's not happening at the moment, though. Hopefully, you will get your test um, pretty much soon. It's, it it really is uh, shocking. When we've been talking about call centres and people are ringing in from call centres saying they have to, they can't work from home. Adrian in Midcork is questioning that. He said call centres can adjust. Adrian said, for example, I spoke with a lady in the VHI yesterday. She's working from home. It was as a result of COVID nineteen. So if the VHI, which are very large call centres, if they can do it. Why can other call centre operators not do the same thing? Cannot understand why all while we're hearing today the call centres can't work from home. Adrian says it can be done. Patricia, could you find out please about the status of CE scheme workers that work in non-essential roles? My job is non-essential so I came into work today hoping to get some clarity but I've been told nothing. I'm in the at-risk group being diabetic and being 59 years of age. I am strongly thinking of staying at home next week but I'm just concerned at the consequences of doing that. Uh, signed Paul, very worried in Bantir. I would straight away go to the supervisor of that CE scheme because definitely the government are saying if your job is non-essential then you're not meant to be at work today, you're meant to be at home. Hence the reason that so many shops and other businesses have closed down. So I would say go directly to your supervisor and find out from your supervisor and I would explain also that you're in the at-risk group and that you're obviously rather nervous coming to work and I would quote the Theatre Leo Radker, who said, if it's a non-essential job, then go stay stay at home. Find find out from your uh, supervisor. Hi, Patricia. I would appreciate your input into this matter. Dunmanway and area Dunmanway and surrounding it is an area for the location of COVID-19 test centres, two of them. However, the centres that are up and running at present are not very well signposted and the people to be tested are arriving into the town looking for directions. We don't want to criticise the testing but could the HSE, our Cork County Council, signpost the designated centres so that it will protect the other residents rather than having people who are obviously very unwell if they're going for COVID-19 testing having to go around the town and, and, you know, putting them in contact with other people thanking you. We're getting on to the HSE 
about that one. Thank you. We were unaware that there seems to be some confusion as to where the test centres are in the Dunmanway uh, area. We have on the dumping of rubbish a few days ago, this is, says this is a sign from an OAP in lovely West Cork. A few days ago, I saw a lot of plastics, etc. in the sea near where I live in a lovely cove. This was happening last summer as well when we had lots of people who were down staying in their holiday homes around us. Lots of these people are now back in their holiday homes at present and the dumping of rubbish is back. Due to the virus now, we could do very well without those people and their rubbish. Keep up the good work, Patricia. From an OAP in lovely West Cork. Okay, if you're... If you've just, I see a number of people have gone to holiday homes to self-isolate themselves as well. People are invulnerable, who are in the at risk of the vulnerable groups. Think they're going to be safer, and they probably will be much more safer in a rural area or by the sea. You know, if they, particularly if they're people who say live in a very densely populated area of a city. And we know that Dublin, in particular, is an area that has the biggest amount of positive tests for coronavirus so I suppose if people have an opportunity to get out of the area they will so I'm assuming that's what people are doing with holiday homes they're deciding to they don't have coronavirus but they're trying to protect themselves but this listener is making the point that it's only when the people living in the holiday homes that the rubbish starts to uh, appear I would hate to think that people are coming down to a lovely area where they have a holiday home and that they're using the opportunity to dump at the same time. So please, people, will you please start using your bins? Morris says, Patricia, like back in the foot and mouth era, era, I have a disinfectant foot bath at my patio door. Now, I don't go outside the door, but my husband goes to the shop, etc. And he's, he's placed his shoes in it when it comes back. Stay safe. It can't do you any harm, more. I haven't heard of... It hasn't been suggested that we do it, but it certainly protected us. I know the foot and mouth was a very different different thing we were trying to protect ourselves from, but it won't do you any harm and your husband's shoes will be spotlessly clean. That is uh, for sure. 1850-333-103. Just a couple of more. I don't get sick pay. If I have symptoms but aren't considered a priority to the government, my employer can surely say no COVID TD no COVID-19 test no sick pay should I sit at home for 14 days with no income I'm a cleaner on a pittance of a wage no if you're a doctor if you if you have symptoms and you say okay you don't have them but you're suggesting if you do if you have symptoms you have to ring a doctor you have to ring your GP who will triage you over the phone if your doctor thinks you have the symptoms of COVID-19 now because of the new what they're saying today that they're not going to test everyone but if they still think that you might have symptoms but you don't warrant a test at the moment the doctor will say to you you must self-isolate and you must stay home for 14 days the doctor will give you a cert for your employer and then technically you will be on sick leave even though you don't have COVID-19 so yes you will be entitled to sick pay but you can't just decide yourself I've got symptoms I'm self-isolating you need to talk to a GP you need to ring your GP and there's no charge on that so if you have symptoms you just the GP will go through it and tell you whether you have the symptoms that is likely that you have COVID-19 or not. And hi Patricia, hairdressers are all to close. A lot of us will be reappearing out of this with our true hair colour. There'll be a lot of grey heads running around for sure. Hi Patricia, I went to try to get a tin of paint in four homes this morning but they're stopping people at the door and saying essentials only. This is a huge store. I can't understand why they're not allowing uh, people in a few at a time because that is one of the stores that are allowed to remain open. We'll see if we can get on to them and find out what is going on. Maybe they're just limiting the number of people going in at any one 
uh, time I would be assuming it's something like that but we'll, we'll see if we can find out for you and okay and one final one uh, Patricia thanks for reading out my text I'm working from home at the moment and I'd appreciate we are in a very challenging time but I have some concerns over the following could you please ask your listeners I would welcome their opinions one persons having to work Persons having to work at least 12 months in some businesses to receive full payment of the €350. Euro. I did not know that. We'll, we'll get that checked with social welfare. If there are three or four people in the same household, should they really all be receiving the €350? Euro? As that could be more than the actual income was before that. Number three, with no private health cover now, cancel persons' health insurance until further notice when we know that the, v, the various health insurance companies are looking into that. And four, look after existing stay at home single parents as this is new and it's expensive on them and they are getting nothing extra so okay how do I'd be interested to see do people agree or disagree there are there single parents living at home and they finding it more expensive I suppose because they have the children at home as to if three or four working in the same household if they're all working and they all have lost their jobs and each of them individually are entitled to €350. So I don't know what your... And yes, they may be actually... uh, Somebody may be getting €350 that doesn't come out with €350 in their normal wage package, but that will only be a small uh, cohort of um, people. And I didn't know about people having to be working at least 12 months to receive the full payment. We'll see if we can get that checked. 1850-333-103. Our lines are open. John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp. Um, 0862-103-103. C103 Production operator is wanted for a part-time position that's in the Bandon area while an Arctic driver with a full clean licence is wanted for bulk milk collection that's in the North Cork area. Experienced roofers and cladders are wanted for immediate start that's in the West Cork area and Breedhaven Nursing Home in Mallow. They've got vacancies for nurses and healthcare assistants, housekeeping attendants and kitchen staff. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. And someone has just sent in a text when I mentioned that there is a double payment to be paid by at post offices for people impacted by COVID-19. Um, special arrangements for the Department of Social Protection customers impacted by COVID-19 has been put in place along with a new two-week payment to help the fight against the coronavirus. Somebody says, what about people on disability allowance? Will they be paid double two weeks to save them going back out to the post office as well? I'm getting it checked, but as far as I know, all social welfare payments are being paid a double two on a two-week basis this week and it will kick in every two weeks thereafter. I get that double checked though but as far as I know it's all social welfare uh, recipients. 1850-333-103 John Paul and Sadie taking your calls. Now as we announced on Monday the National Driver Licence Service has said that until the 31st of July persons of 70 years of age and over can apply for and renew their driving licence without the need to submit a medical report providing that they don't have an identified or specified illness. Some listeners who contacted us are under the age of 70 and in need of a driver's licence and they need to get one of these medical reports and uh, they are finding it difficult. Councillor Frank Roach uh, takes up this issue and he joins me. Good morning to you Frank. Good morning, Patricia. Now, Frank, what kind of problems are you hearing about? Well, actually, Monday morning, I had four people, four professional drivers, heavy good vehicle drivers, who contacted me that they can't renew their driving licence. 
And as it happened, I was in Malos, so I went into the, the driving license center. Now, the first thing that disappointed me was on the door, they were saying they won't accept cash, bank drafts, or checks that it had to be a car payment. Now, um, I went up and I was speaking to a very nice man above, and I had actually heard it on the radio during the week. So I had heard that the Patrick O'Sullivan, the newly elected TD in Cork, had actually got the ban lifted for needing the, um, the medical report and that you could renew your license. But that man informed me that that was the people over 70, which he was right. Yeah, it's only, it's only for the over 70s. But if you're a heavy goods vehicle driver or if you're a person under 70 that have some little bit of a disability that you needed um, a doctor cert or that you needed a nice cert, um, you can't get them because of the, the clamp down with the virus. And when you can't get them, you can't renew your licence, basically. And we know f- we know that GP practices are working flat out and we know, we've heard that when people contact their doctor's surgery, they're told they're not doing routine issues. And th- well, that's no, deemed I, I, I routine. But when, I, when I came out from the, the, the driving licence centre, I contacted um, an, an, an obstetrician and I connected my own, my own personal own doctor. And neither of them are doing any of those services at the moment. Which yeah, I don't blame them. They're deemed routine. I'm, I'm, yeah, they're just they're deemed routine. routine. Yes. And I, I don't blame them, no. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not knocking them for doing that. But like, it's very sad to think that a person that wants to renew their licence, that they cannot do it, and they're willing to do it, and they have been driving up until yesterday. Um, what difference does it make to drive for an extra few days? I think that there should be a waiver put on it for two months, or in two months' time, that is backdate your license to the date that it expired and carry on as, as, as if nothing happened. Well, that's hopefully that this will be lifted within the next two months. Okay, well, the waiver that's been put on it for the over 70s is it's from now until the 31st of July. So what you're saying is the, und- the, same, for the, the, same, the same should be for, for everyone who either yeah. a range of medical conditions. Uh, I didn't realise for the heavy goods, uh, they need a, it's an eyesight test, is it? An eyesight and, uh, an eyesight and a doctor report. Okay, we'll get on to the National Driver's Licence Service and just because, in fairness, they were the ones who contacted us and we'll just see, because obviously we're not the only ones that are hearing about this issue. There's others. Oh, no, I'm trying to ring um, um, the Minister's office every day this week, including this morning, and the Minister can't be found. Which which Minister are you looking for? Um, Shane Ross. All right, okay. Um, yeah, well, I know he's not re-elected. I, I, yeah, I know but he's still that. minister. He's still, he's still, he's still, minister. He's still minister. Yeah, yes, he's, he's still, he's still the minister. He's, he's still yes. the minister. Okay. Yes. But he, he can't be found on this issue. Okay, well, let's... No, the other thing as well is uh, people providing services, the ambulance drivers, um, bus drivers, uh, people in, 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 the, in any door services also fall into this category. Say that again? People, ambulance drivers now are bus drivers or people in the... Um, they also fall into the category And by of God, we're, we're, we're going to need our ambulance drivers. We will. We will. Okay, they're going, they're, going driver, to ha- they're going to have to get around this. They're going, to, they're going to either have to ask doctors to designate a time of the week to do these reports or else they're going to have to put in place exactly what they've done for the over 70s. And if they can do it for the over 70s, they can do it for the under 70s. And it's only, as you say, it's, it's, it's not that you would get a full licence. Even if they ask people that they just get a, a licence until the 31st of July. A waiver for two or three yeah, months. A waiver for that's two or three months, yes. And like, what they can do on the 31st of July, they can backdate your licence back to whatever date has expired and take off from that date again. Okay. 
All right. It would be very, very similar. No, it's another tech and and and. The haulage industry and, and and the drivers, in fairness, because those people work very very hard, and like they, they, and, and an awful lot of people say to me they feel when they sit into a truck in the morning or sit into heavy goods vehicles that they're nearly a criminal at this stage, because like our laws and our regulations have gone miles too far in all of this. Okay. All right, and how are you all doing in, in Castletown Roche? You trying to stay safe? Oh. Uh, sure, look, we're, we're staying at home and we'll, you know, no, to be honest, it don't really affect me that much, but at the same time, look, it's, it's very sad and you can see the roads are quiet and you can see the village and everything else is very quiet. And people are abiding by the, if we just all stick to what we've been asked to do. That's right, that's right. But, you know, I think the aftermath of this will be far worse than the virus because there's an awful lot of businesses that are closed and that are closing they will never get reopened because they were only hanging on by a string. Mm. And like talking to people now, we say pubs, country, shops, um, even hairdressers, people that were hanging on, if they close for two or three months, it will be very, very hard to reopen. Yeah, yeah, I have. They, we won't all. Everyone won't. The world is going to be a very different place. I think after all of this, Frank, and I think you're right. I think there will be well, some businesses that were just hanging in there that will be gone. But in fairness, Regina Doherty's package yesterday, and you know, they, they, I mean, three point seven billion. It's it's not to be, it's not to be scoffed at. It's a lot of money that they're putting in to try to prop up people who have who are out of work uh, today and the plan there is that when we get to the end of this and the economy starts to build again that it should be we should get the economy up and running quicker than we wouldn't than we would have if we didn't pay that kind of money out to people on social welfare Still with too much regulation then I do think this is give us an eye opener uh, like taking the drive alone uh, the regulations that have been put on people have just gone too far out you know and our authorities are actually abusing people with these regulations. And I do think it's time to step back and to, to take a small little bit of a, a step back from where we are and, and not have so much paperwork. And not cut so out some of the red tape. Here's, cut out and here's, not here's red an tape. interesting one from actually one of your colleague colleagues, uh, Councillor Ben uh, Dalton. Uh, Ben Johnson O'Sullivan, he says, uh, Hi Patricia, just a word on provisional driving. People have got a provisional driver's licence who are required to have an unaccompanied driver with them at all times. I've had a number of calls from people with these licences, provisional driver's licence, requiring COVID-19 testing. I'm getting clarity from the Oireachtas on whether a provisional driver is required to have an accompanied driver with them when they go to the drive-through test. It may put the passenger at risk. I'll let you know when I get clarity on this. This That's an interesting one and one I wouldn't have but, thought but, of. Funny enough, I had a person yesterday who asked me that question that his parents work and if he was to go for the test, he'd have to take his grandfather who's in his 80s. Oh, don't... He, he would qu- but the grandfather would qualify as being the um, the, the, the company driver. But this, this young man asked me, he's about 20, I think, he asked me that if he was going up for the test, do he have to take the grandfather with him? Oh, don't put the, the grandfather, grandfather, don't put the grandfather the in the car with the 20-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll wait and see what comes back on, on that one. But that's another one that's, that needs to be looked at. Listen, thank you for that, Frank. And uh, thanks thank for joining you. us. Uh, good morning to you. Somebody says, well done to the government on the way they're handling this present crisis. Thank God we have some competent and capable people in power. And BS, I'm not a political person, says this uh, texture. Someone else says, all the big cities 
Now this is the wording that's coming in this text. All the big cities are rotten with the viruses. Uh, if you were a young person looking for planning in the countryside, you'll be told to move near a city. Now look at the cities. They're all living on top of each other. Are people better off living in, in the countryside? And if you look around the world, it's all major cities. It isn't rural areas where you're getting where you get explosions of the virus and, and it probably is because everybody lives on top of each other. I know London at the moment seems to be a, men- a melting pot for COVID-19 and New York I mean did you hear, I don't know if anybody was watching uh, President Donald Trump yesterday who the more I watch the man uh, the more annoyed I get with him and he just doesn't, he certainly doesn't seem to be getting COVID-19 for sure but anyway when they had their press conference yesterday evening uh, he, he of course thinks it's all going to be gone in two weeks Wish that it wish that it was Donald, but anyway, um, they were making the point about New York, and they're saying to anyone who has been to New York in the last seven days and has, has left New York, they're saying to people to self isolate for fourteen days. They obviously have so many cases and suspected cases of the coronavirus in New York. They're they're, they're just worried for anyone that's been in the area. And I don't know if there's any Irish people listening to us who had been in New York, if you were, in the last seven days. That's that's the advice they've been given. Self-isolate for at least 14 days. Christine in Cork says it makes no sense that shops like Mr Price, the discount stores, should close. They sell a lot of essential items. And if you are to close all of these stores, what happens? People end up crowding into the supermarkets. Keep shops like Mr. Price open. It will spread out the crowds. That's not a bad point, says Christine from uh, Cork. And we've had a lot of people say that the discounts, even if the the discount stores are selling food, would they not be okay to open then? Because we've had a number of people say, contact us to say that they've used the discount stores to buy things like soap, to buy things, masks. We had somebody on the other day saying some of the discount stores had the the face masks uh, in. And I know yesterday somebody said they had carbolic soap in, even though the price of the carbolic soap had gone up in the discount store that they were in. So I didn't realise that all this, is is that across all discount stores that they're all closed? We'll see if we can get that one checked out. And by the way, I've got an answer on four home when somebody said they went to four homes in Mallow to buy paint and they, they couldn't get in. I've just been told that four home is call and collect from today and they're obviously doing that to try to stop the spread of the virus. There's a number of stores going down that route as well rather than closing. They're doing a call and collect uh, service. Okay, so for four homes it's call and collect. Uh, 1850-333-103 Lines open. Simon Coveney, Tornishta and Minister for Foreign Affairs. People need to be careful with where they're getting their information from and they need to listen to radio stations like yours to ensure that they're getting accurate information because the government are making, you know, enormous decisions that impact on people's lives in a major way. C103 is committed to bringing you the facts about COVID-19. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us for essential Cork news and information. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. I've just been told that, and because I saw some people text this in, I said I wanted to get it confirmed because I certainly didn't want to be giving out fake news 
people have just been told there's so much gone up on your page uh, John Paul there it is that Britain's Prince Charles has tested positive for coronavirus uh, Clarence House says he's been displaying mild symptoms but he's otherwise in good health the Duchess of Cornwall has also been tested but she doesn't have it <laughs> God Camilla and the couple are self-isolating at their home in uh, Aberdeenshire and somebody actually sent in a text and has asked me to wish uh, him all the best so we will good luck to Prince Charles now and our good news story for today is coming from Middleton where it reports that teddy bears are appearing in the Castle Redmond estate and joining me local journalist as Seamus uh, Whelan good morning to you Seamus good morning Patricia what, what are people starting to see in the Castle Redmond estate well it, look it, it, it's a bit of a, a boost for these uh, dark times and uh, considering uh, Yesterday's uh, government announcement that there's going to be more restrictions put in place on us. I think it's a, it, it, it's a, it, it's a good thing, as you say, a good news story. Basically, the background to it is that um, last on on Sunday um, we got a text message into our estate's uh, WhatsApp from one of the one of the residents um, who saw on social media, an idea that sparked in sparked off in the United States last week and made its way to the UK. Um, it's basically um, it's basically an idea surrounded by a kid's um, nursery rhyme, we're going on a bear hunt. We're, um, and basically one of the neighbours said, look, why don't we boost the, uh, the 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 kids' morale and put teddy bears in the windows and in the trees. So when oh. they're out cycling around or when they're out walking, that they can actually go around and 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 look at the teddy bears. And it, it's kind of a, a social distance kind of uh, scavenger hunt, basically. So at about nine o'clock on Sunday, um, we started putting teddy bears in our windows, and by I suppose about 11 o'clock, there was 177 cuddly toys in <laughs> windows and doors. Um, like you walk up the street now and you'll see a giant uh, minion sitting behind the, the wheel of a, uh, of one of the cars. And it's just to give the, the kids a boost while they're out, as I said, while they're out cycling or walking because um, it, it keeps the whole estate um together we're still interacting with the kids be it at a social distance yeah um but it, it as i said it started in the united states spread to the uk and uh one of the the residents said it might be a nice idea to why, do why yeah so, why why so can't we do it? and it's a simple thing and you know god knows even those of us that don't have small children in the house we all have a teddy bear or some kind of a stuffed toy exactly somewhere in the so, house yeah, now since we did it on Sunday, I know that a couple of the states in Cove are looking at doing it, and I know there's one of state in Ovens has has uh, done similar. Um, but it, it 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 it's just to kind of boost morale, and yeah. the teddy bears will stay in the in in the windows and in the cars um, right throughout the duration of this um, the emergency. This pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that really is lovely, and it shows that everyone is together, and it'll put a smile on people's faces. And as you say, a nice distraction uh, for the for the children. And are, are the children respecting the social distancing? Are they keeping away from each other? Well, they are. Like um, I've uh, I've a four year old, and since the last two weeks, I think she's only played with uh, two kids 
uh, on two separate occasions just to to break break the whole uh, yeah the monotony the whole, of the day the monotony of it. But I think from from today on we're we're going to be uh, restricting that as much as possible over the over the next three weeks also. Um, so like this, um, these teddy bears and, 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 and things like that that we're doing as an estate is kind of helping with that, you know, and, and, and creating, creating some joy out of a, out of a, out of a tough time. Um, now we're looking for other states to do similar, but we're not encouraging other estates or people from other areas to come into our state because Absolutely. if that happened, yeah. we, we, we couldn't uh, honour the, um, the, the, the social, social distancing. distancing. Yeah. But uh, we think it's it's something that could, could take on right across the county. Just um, spread a little bit of cheer. Okay, well done. Well done. I think it's fantastic and um, let's hope others uh, will follow suit as well. I mean, it's a dark time and it's tough on kids and it's it's impossible, Seamus, for a four-year-old to even try to explain what's going on. In, in. Is it a little boy or a little girl? Um, little girl. A little girl. Like, she, goes, she goes to um, a, a creche locally and they're absolutely brilliant. And she is aware of the coronavirus. She is aware that she has to wash her hands and that they're not allowed to hug anymore. And the way it was explained to them uh, before the crash closed was that, look, it's um, the coronavirus. It's a very bad cold, <laughs> and uh, and they they have the whole the whole hand regime and 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 everything down to a path. So they like it's Mary Geary's the uh, childcare and care tool, and they've done an amazing job um, with all the kids that go there and. Uh, like they're they're aware that there's a situation, but obviously I don't. It's, it's not very hard to understand. Yeah, you not, can't explain that to a young child. Yeah. Right. Okay, listen, stay safe, uh, Seamus, and we'll keep in contact with you. And thanks for joining us on the program. No problem. Bye bye, bye bye, Seamus Whelan, there, journalist in uh, East Cork, with a keep a look out for those teddy bears. Oh, don't keep a look out because we don't want people going into other areas. But maybe in your own estate, you might consider all getting together and you know send WhatsApps and messages around and stick a teddy bear in the window. I've just seen a WhatsApp come in, and I'm not going to name the school because I'm going to get John Paul to check it to say uh, a school has opened up yesterday and again today. There are teachers in the school and teachers, children playing in the schoolyard and parents are in and out of the building on both days. The assistant says it's an absolute disgrace that all schools are supposed to be shut and surely there are no exceptions to the rule and there isn't any exceptions to the rule and the extension of the school closures has gone on until after the Easter holidays so I'm just not going to name the school for now because I need to get it checked, okay? And uh, we will. 1850 A reminder to you to get your gardening questionings. Peter Dowdle will join us uh, after half past twelve today if you've been out in the garden. In the next hour, I've got a lovely uh, pre-recorded interview with Michael D. Higgins that was done earlier today, just to let us know, because a number of people are saying, where's the president, how's he doing and how's he getting on? Uh, so we'll find out how myself and his lovely wife, uh, Sabina, are getting on. We'll be playing that out um, after 12 today. And after half past 12, Peter Dowdle, our resident gardener, will join us answering your gardening questions and I'll catch up with all your calls and comments uh, coming in all afternoons at 12. Hello, this is Eric Griffin. Join me Monday to Friday between 7 and 8 for some great songs on C103 Anthems. And then... Hello, this is Declan Ernie here. Hello, this is Sean Keane. Hello, this is Cathy Durkin. Hi, this is Louise Morrissey. Hi, this is Mick Flavin. Hello, this is Daniel O'Donnell here and you're listening to Country and Irish with Eric Griffin on C103. Don't miss Anthems at 7 and the very best of Country and Irish from 8 right here on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. 
some of your these are some of the WhatsApps coming in and apologies if we have been uh, late getting to your WhatsApps listening on the oh yeah this is an interesting one okay earlier on I mentioned that some people had suggested with the schools now closing until at least after the Easter holidays and then some people even speculating that this the children may not go back to school until uh, September even though the Department of Education are saying to Leaving Cert and Junior Cert students stay focused. They're still aiming for the exams to happen in June. It has been mooted. What about if they do end, if the schools are closed, if they've been closed for most of March, if they're closed for March, April, May, eh, let that be their summer holidays and then let children go back into school for June, July and August. And I was, you know, called it out as a comment that had come in and we've it's been mentioned a few times I have to say in commentary that into into this programme for sure and I was saying I wonder how teachers and indeed pupils would feel about that well here's a pupil's view on it Morning Patricia I was listening along about your conversation about getting the schools to open during the summer holidays I actually think this is completely wrong I'm a secondary school student and we are working nearly double the work at home that we do in school having deadlines to meet every single day I completely understand that this is not a holiday that we're still learning at home. I think going to school during the holidays is a disgraceful thought. We work hard enough every school year to achieve a good result and all leading up to us hopefully one day getting a good Leaving Cert result at the end of our years in secondary school. I'm working on schoolwork nearly six hours every day. So I think it's not a good idea uh, to suggest that school would open during the summer months. We all deserve a break after working so hard every school year to get the results and that's thanking you. And it's signed a student in Cork County. Thank you for that. And actually there was a teacher on to us as well. If I can find the teacher's comment because... There is so many WhatsApps coming in. I have it here. Hi, this is Tig, who is a school teacher. Patricia, you mentioned teachers working during the summer months. What do people think teachers are doing at the moment during this school closures? People passing comments like that obviously don't have any children in school at the moment. I'm a teacher. I'm marking work and communicating with parents and students and I'm doing it on a daily basis. The children are remote learning distance teaching through online platforms and the use of school websites and email and Google Drive. Children, parents and teachers are all feeling the tough times now. So teachers are still working now. Why would we continue working during the summer and Easter holidays? So just to ensure that you hear the voice of teachers, we are still working. As I've said, it's through distance learning, remote teaching, using online platforms. So don't people think. Uh, um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I would have to ask the people that have contacted us saying, suggesting that, that we should consider opening the schools. Are they families that don't have a child at home at the moment? Because if you have a student at home at the moment, you will know that they are doing work. Thank you for that. To 0862103103. Patricia, let people know that those on disabilities are getting a double payment at this week. And obviously that double payment is going to continue. Thank you for that. And it's the same for anyone picking up a pension Thursday or Friday of this week. They're going to give out a double payment and then you won't have another payment for two weeks. So make sure when you're you're balancing out your money that you don't run out of money at the end it's always my fear when double payments are paid out like that that um, people 
coming to the end of the double week they might run out of cash so just uh, be careful I'm interested in listeners so Patricia I can't understand why shops won't sell paint as we could get the husbands to beautify the house and keep our minds off the virus and with this is all all over we'd have lovely clean houses and it would keep us active and easy to live with with just a few people in the house it would also keep our minds away from all that is worrying us at the moment thanking you uh, Patricia that's a Mitchelton listener well hardware shops are open at the moment because on the list of retail outlets that are deemed necessary hardware stores builders merchants and stores that provide hardware products necessary for home and business maintenance they are all open four homes that we were talking about in Mallow I got a text in saying they're doing click and collect so you obviously go online get what you want pay and then you draw you go along and collect it and I know some other shops have been doing that uh, before certainly before the announcement that was made yesterday and someone else says anybody looking for paint you can go to Burton's in Canturk I did it today and I got my paint and I have to say a lot of people are doing that it is, it's a great chance to give the house a good bit of a spring clean and if you've got time in your hands and start looking at and I think when spring comes and the sun starts to shine it really sort of shows up doesn't it if the, paint, if the paintwork's looking a bit dull and uh, faded Hi Patricia just to let you know my husband is on a CE scheme He got a text two weeks ago to say stay at home until further notice due to COVID-19. So I thought all CE workers were not working. Well, not according to one of our listeners who we have told to go and speak to a supervisor and hopefully she'll get back and let us know how she got on because she seems to be in an at-risk group as well. And particularly when she's doing what she deems is non-essential work. Hi, this is another text in. Does anybody know if there are problems with the phone line and the webpage for the Department of Social Welfare? I've been trying all morning and the phone keeps hanging up and the webpage isn't connecting. I'm 100% convinced that's down to the volume of calls that they are receiving. So I would say hang in there, keep trying, wait, maybe go later on again in the afternoon and try again. That's just purely down to the volume of calls because uh, I know they had dealt with over 100,000 people for the COVID-19 payment up to last week. And then you think of today, the amount of people who are contacting them today because they are the people that woke up this morning to discover that they don't have a job to go to so they will be just extremely busy. Uh, Patricia, hi. I hear from my relatives in the United Kingdom that all the young ones are running around and mixing and having a great old time as if they've got an extension of their summer holidays. If they get it bad, they'll be the ones who end up on a a ventilator if the choice comes down between an older person and a younger person. The same thing could happen here. It's very, that's just so irresponsible of their parents that they're allowing young people to run around like that. It really is shameful. Here's a query in from a listener saying, could somebody help me please? My husband needs glasses for driving and one of the legs of his glasses, and isn't it funny, I'd call that one of the arms of his glasses. Somebody else calls it the legs, but you know what I mean, the side bit of the glasses is broken. He got them in spec savers and spec savers are closed. What do we do? We can't drive without them. Do I take it that all spec savers all over the country have closed because opticians are on the list of outlets deemed essential? Opticians and optometrists are to remain open. Uh, I'll check maybe spec savers for their own staff decision decided uh, to close. If you message us back and let me know where, I don't know where you are because you've sent it in as a message, let me know where you are and we'll see if we can find an optician in your area. Even though your husband bought the glasses and spec savers, I'm sure any local optician 
near you will fix them for you because you certainly you need to have them fixed or he needs to get a new pair of glasses so if you let me know where you're messaging from and we'll see if we can find an optician in your area my son says the texter is working in CUH doing 8 to 8 uh, 8 to 8 shifts most days he comes home to us family home after work every day gets the train home and I drop him to work is he a high risk to us thanking you well anyone that I've seen online who is working in any hospital environment and I saw a nurse put up a post and she's actually working in ICU and she is already working with COVID-19 patients she's just taking meticulous care when she comes home about showering herself and hand hygiene and not touching her face and she's also limiting hugs to her children which I thought was quite heartbreaking and she's been very careful about distancing in her house but that's somebody who's working right in the front line uh, of it. So again uh, you could pick up the coronavirus anywhere. We know how contagious it is. It's just to be extremely careful about the hand hygiene and not passing it from one person to the other. Hi Patricia, what about the car testing uh, NCT centres? Are they still open? Yes, they are still open. I do know we were onto the NCT because we're trying to find out if people can defer if they're self-isolating. And some con- customers were told have been experiencing difficulty contacting the call centres for NCTs. They are operational. They have a reduced staff number due to social distancing and there are customers to bear with them your call will be answered if you're trying to get through to them but NCT is operating as normal you are to turn up as normal for your test we're trying to see if people can defer and somebody else is querying if we could run a poll to see does anybody know anyone that's tested positive for the coronavirus Um, I work in a big food distribution centre and we work with a big bunch of people and we were all saying that we don't know anyone who has tested positive it could be to do with the numbers so far let's hope we'll never know somebody that tested positive by the way where are we at up to yesterday 1,329 people have tested positive for coronavirus that's out of a population of 4.5 million people so it's it's uh, of course we're not going to know all of us are not going to know somebody that tested positive but if you look at the famous people that have tested positive and even here Claire Byrne and RT she has tested positive with the coronavirus the other radio broadcaster Dr Kira. Kelly, she's tested positive. And look around the world, Tom Hanks and his wife, Prince Charles, we're just after finding, has texted positive. So uh, there is no conspiracy theory going on. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of people and a lot more people in this country will test positive as well. It probably won't be too long before we all know somebody that has tested positive. You would just be hoping that it doesn't come into your household. And Audrey says, my motto on the coronavirus is think positive and keep safe. The man above around us will keep us all safe. That's some Audrey. Thank you, Audrey. 1850 333 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. We're continuing with our cancellations. The Ballonhasic Community Development Association, their fundraising Kaylee in the Marion Hall for this Friday. That's been cancelled until further notice. Ballon Colleague Vintage Clubs event scheduled for Sunday next. That's off. The fundraising event for Jerspelan due to be held in Kilbehany on the 30th of March has been cancelled. And the Knitting Club in Mallow, they're cancelled until further notice. Bingo in Shambhali Moor cancelled 
for the foreseeable future. And Women for Women group, they will not meet on Wednesdays again or until further notice. There's been a lot of talk lately on what Michael D. Higgins has to say regarding the coronavirus and also what's Michael D. Higgins doing to protect himself from the coronavirus. Well, Jim Nugent from our Dublin studio spoke to Michael D. Higgins earlier this morning on his thoughts regarding the coronavirus. And uh, first of all, he asked him how he is doing. Oh, I'm very well. I'm obviously following all that is happening as best I can and reading the reports and um, I think it's very very important that we speak to each other because even if people have to be isolated from each other that doesn't mean that they have to lose contact and uh, I, I, I read what is happening and then I try to prepare messages that I direct at different uh, sections I, I, I'm, I, I spoke for example to younger people the other day and I, I mentioned how, how very much appreciated it is that so many of them are getting involved in helping vulnerable uh, people And but I think the big message for this week without a doubt is this is a, a crucial week if we give it a lash in what we're doing this week in terms of observing the what I, I think it's much better to call it the physical distance when we're out do, doing things together and also in relation yeah. to the other recommendations about hand washing and all the rest of it. It means that what we do this week will have a huge effect on whether or not we will be keeping uh, things within the realm, the realm of management by the health services. Yeah. And I think young people, which isn't only young people, but all sections of the population have their bit to do in relation to that. But I think it is things, phrases that only Michael D. Higgins says as president, like give it a lash, is what kind of captures the attention of the younger people that so many people are struggling to do at the moment. And it feels like you just naturally have their their ear. You're their president. You know, well, I, 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 my, I have had a relationship with young people that, that, I, that I very, very much value. And also, as well, I... I You've been saying that one of the great strengths we have in Ireland is the way the generations are able to speak to, to, to each other. So there's nothing to be gained from setting one generation against another or by taking one part of one generation and setting against another. The point about it is, is that what I said to all of the people, for example, who uh, there were slippages in, in the last week and week before, is begin again and do this week, do it better and, and, and do it with, with conviction. I think it's very important as well to say about this is that to people to concentrate on the time when it will be over. It will be over, but it will be over with the least loss of life and with the least hardship if, in fact, we do what is tough now but is necessary in handling it. And that's important. But it's important to tell people as well, yes, it will be over, and we're in control of, in fact, how it will turn out. And I, I, I like... Uh, to emphasise the, the the positive, and the other thing as well is that people say the great cons- consequences that will flow from this in terms of jobs and in terms of the people who who will the economy that has to be restructured. There are other ways of looking at this too, and that is is that we'll have to do economics totally differently after this. I think there's a message in all of this, not only for Ireland but for all the countries of Europe and indeed for the world, that we have to be better prepared. It isn't the only virus that we'll ever have to deal with. So we just have to learn the lessons from this and put ourselves into a state of preparedness so as to be able uh, to protect all our people. I do think one thing that young people will be interested in, they will have often heard from me about my interest, if you like, on things like climate change and uh, sustainability in Africa and global hunger. And that. Just think of how 
poorer countries, for example, without any of the capacity, will have to try and deal with this. So therefore, we have to keep our eyes open uh, beyond our own borders always, beyond Ireland to Europe, and beyond Europe indeed, uh, to, the, to our global responsibilities. But I, 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 see, uh, I see great changes happening after this. The world has woken up. It isn't the globalisation which people were talking about as trade or whatever. It's a globalisation of vulnerabilities of different kinds. So I think there's a great reminder that Mother Nature is sending us a message as well that uh, mm. the way we behaved in relation to the planet and the point at which we've come to in relation to biodiversity, uh, we can't go on. So well, let's do something new. But if you're going to do something new, you do so by inviting cooperation. Have you been getting to grips with any apps yourself in terms of staying in touch with family and video calls and things like that? Oh yes, for example, my uh, one of my sisters uh, lives. Uh, I, I, have, I have twin uh, sisters who are twins. One of them lives in Shannon, the other lives in Manchester. Actually, I was most worried about my my sister in Manchester, just outside Salford, where uh, where um, they're they're having it a tougher time in uh, in uh, in Britain, insofar as that. Uh, they're now being faced with very drastic measures because they started a bit later. And uh, oh yeah, I have. And then I I have uh, uh, people scattered. And I keep saying that to people as well. Uh, what you do is 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 that you do uh, you you stay in touch because it's very very important to say the word isolate is a bit uh, strong maybe in a way. What you do about it is is that you you stay careful. And uh, you just you're not in contact with people physically. So I think physical separation is important. The cleanliness thing is important, but it's equally more important. I, I gave an example, I think, in relation to some of the younger people who this I would know uh, 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 who, who who are, let us say, delivering groceries or whatever. Even for the moment when, in fact, the person who opens the door, even for a fraction. It's even more important to them to know that there's a connection being retained, that there's a bond being strengthened rather than weakened, than what's in the box itself. And, uh, and that's, yes. <laughs> that's important that, you know, there's a kind of, they say, there's a, and for, it to, for the message to be given, like, for example, uh, uh, we'll be back or I'll be back, because that assurance, anyone who knows anything about social gerontology, and I was a sociologist myself in many cases, knows that the feeling of trust that there will be somebody back that there is somebody there, that there's somebody thinking about you. All of these things uh, create a sense of security. The last thing that you want to do is to uh, amplify the thing to the point at which you have done more damage through stress rather than anything else. So the way that's important, and it also is, I have to say as well, the language is very, very important. I think uh, the language now that you notice in the United Kingdom about that you're shielding people away or that you're moving them from society or whatever, that would be uh, really not the language I would advise. I think no more than I, I'm not particular. I don't use the word cocoon, for example. I would say that what you noted is, is that those with special vulnerabilities need just extra care and the extra care is offered and provided and so on. But I don't... I think I'm just saying that the way we speak about it is is, is important as well. President Higgins, a lot of celebrities and musicians are, are advising on different songs to sing for 20 seconds while they're washing their hands. Uh, yes. What would be, seeing as you are our rock and roll president, what would, what would, you, what would you wash your hands to? What, what tune do you reckon would be a good one? Well, you see, I'd probably... <laughs> 
I I I I I I I am. Oh yeah, that's that's a mystery. You see, I was just trying to. You see, normally in those kind of things, I almost uh, almost go back to 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 Leonard Cohen, but I think he'd be a bit too somber for the present circumstances. Uh, so, <laughs> I think <laughs> come healing of the mind, come healing of the soul would put put people off. So I I I uh, no no I I I think I'd I'd I'd, I'd, go, I'd go to Hosier. I think Hosier, very good. Take me to church. Great Next choice. Choice, President. For <laughs> okay. frontline emergency workers who are in COVID wards, who are undoubtedly scared, but it's a calling, it's a yeah. job, we need them more than ever. What would you like to say to them? Well, I'd like to say thank you to them. And the best thing, rather than just thanking them, is to support them. And we can support them, in fact, by keeping the strain on the services within manageable limits. So everyone who is doing the distancing, and everyone who is doing the hand washing, everyone who is doing the care and all of the rest of it is, is to some extent making it what their enormous mountain that they're ha- having to climb, making it that bit easier. But I do thank them and I also thank as well as that uh, they, they, their, their, their families. I think something very good is going to come out of this uh, in a way. Let's just think about it for one second. Is that all of the invitations to accumulation and to aggression and to competition and to being to win over everyone else has in fact taken second place to the decent instincts of empathy and the wish to help another person to actually find those values that might have been submerged for a while. They're coming to the fore, and my wish as president is, is that we keep them when they have now been expressed like this, that, that they bring us into the dealing with other problems as well. But to all of those people, it wouldn't one's heart lift to think of all the people who volunteered. But I do think, let us remember this as well, let us never forget it for the, the health care workers who are in fact actually doing this out of simple commitment to the republic that we all live in keep yourself and sabina safe and well please oh yes, yes we're di- we 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 keeping our <laughs> we're observing <laughs> all of these ourselves even when we're out walking and all the rest of it and i so wish all your listeners well and but really give it a lash this week for the uh, for to do just do the do much more than the minimum and then we'll see who knows in weeks to come we'll be able to say we did our bit in reducing the burden a bit. I often think of the poems that I wrote that were most uh, appropriate I think the one that was most appropriate was take care. So everyone does two words very very important. Take care not only for yourselves but for others so Uh, Flawn well done, well done. That is Michael D. Higgins. Just for people who are wondering, what's he up to and how is he doing? He's doing well and he still manages to quote a bit of poetry at the end. Um, good health to himself and to Sabina. Now, just quickly, just a few texts and comments that I want to get, get in from today's batch. Uh, guard the recruits, says the texture. Some who were only a few weeks, a few months doing their training got sworn in and they've gone straight on to a guard the pay, uh, which in the circumstances is 100% correct. These are the young guardie that are out now working. They've been assigned all over the country. But student nurses, they've ended up on the front line and they're not getting paid. They have to pay for food, for accommodation and for transport. Anybody else thinks that needs to change, give them what they deserve, fair pay. Now, this is something we have been hearing about and it's to do with student nurses who go out on placement. I think they go out on placement for two weeks and they normally don't get paid for it. Many of those student nurses are literally at the front line. They are literally working with patients who have COVID-19 doing their placement. We're going to be dealing with that issue tomorrow because, as I say, there isn't a day goes by, I think, that we don't hear 
hear from people who are talking about it. It just seems very unfair because a lot of those student nurses had normally been getting some money working, for example, in nursing homes. But because now they're working in acute hospital settings, the nursing homes are saying, please don't come to work with us on the weekend uh, because we can't take the risk in case you bring the virus into the nursing home, which is understandable, can I say, on behalf of the nursing home. So it's putting students out of pocket as well. And they're working really, really hard. So we're going to try and deal with that. And I, you are right. I think it's very, very unfair. I do think that those young student nurses on placement uh, should be paid. And uh, somebody says, listening to our piece there with Michael D. Higgins, isn't he just such a lovely man? Hasn't he just got such a lovely connection with reality and with the people? And he does. He does. I think he's absolutely adorable. He's like all of our grandfathers, isn't he? He's just a lovely man. Um, uh, good health and long may he stay on as our president. Some of your WhatsApps in on teachers and the role the teachers are playing now that school is closed. Jim says Patricia my son is a history teacher in the United Kingdom and obviously all the schools in the United Kingdom have closed as well. Himself and two other teachers decided to go into school and do something for people with difficulty in finding someone to look after their children. 70 children turned up, turned up in school yesterday so they had 20 children per class. As my son said you have to help. No use sitting at home. Uh, well done to my son Jason says uh, Jim. Yeah there's a different situation actually going on in the United Kingdom. They've asked schools to open, particularly for the for the parents who are working in the NHS or in the police force, their children are going to school. They're not actually being taught. It's more supervised learning than anything else. But yeah, that hasn't happened here. There's talks about doing it in the creches, I know, but certainly hasn't happened here in primary and in a secondary school. And actually someone else and this might explain why one of our listeners saw activity outside a school where she lives. Hi Patricia, I have a six-year-old in senior infants and they've gotten lots of work to do. I'd say they actually have more to do at home than they were normally doing when they were inside in the classroom. So I don't think that the young children are idle and therefore I don't think that schools should reopen during the summer holidays. The school even put a selected time yesterday for parents to go in to collect all of the children's books. Social distancing, by the way, applied. It was all very well organised. Now that is an explanation for that previous listener who was very concerned because she said she could see all the teachers were at the local school she could see parents going in and out and she didn't know what was going on and she thought that the school was opened it wasn't obviously what was happening in your school was parents were contacted come in collect the work bring it home and do it with their children so well done the schools certainly are doing their bit and JMR in Mallow are taking orders for paint to be delivered and it's contactless uh, payment. Okay, so lots of lots of hardware stores, some hardware stores are opening, uh, but others are doing click and collect or you pay and then they deliver it uh, to you just to let people know because there's lots of people certainly want to do a little bit of painting. And on the broken spectacles, for the woman who contacted us whose husband's glasses are broken and he can't drive without them, Dennis says, Patricia, uh, Spectacles that need repairing. There's a lovely girl at Broslin Opticians on Strand Street in Canturk who will fix those glasses for that woman on the spot. No bother to her. She fixed my specs on different occasions and she does it in a few minutes, says Dennis. Well done. That's Broslin Opticians on Strand Street in uh, Canturk. And spec savers are open 10 until 2pm in Mallow. A technician who fixes glasses is in there once a week. Just to, and I've fixed mine in the past with a resin from hardware shops, says Pat, if that's of any help to that uh, gentleman. Hi Patricia, I got my invalidity pension paid into my bank 
bank account will be paid in every two weeks now it will for the duration of this crisis your payment is going to be every uh, two weeks Pat says does anybody know if you leave your passport expired you incur an extra charge they're not replying to me thanking you Pat no you'll pay the same amount for your new passport whether your passport is just out or whether it's out a year there isn't any additional costs on that it isn't like road tax where you have to back pay it Uh, you won't be charged anything extra and you certainly won't be travelling anywhere at the moment so you won't need a passport in a hurry John says Patricia with the COVID-19 payment as as a factory I work in is closed but I'm still on the payroll I'm just wondering how much will I be getting every week Uh, kind regards says John well if you're not getting paid by your company then you will be entitled to the COVID-19 payment which is €350 a week. That's a gardening question. Keep those coming. Hi Patricia, thank you for finding out about the disability um, or the disability payment and whether they're paying disability a double week or not. The best way, says this texter, to mind it is to put away next week's pay today. Uh, that'll help you don't end up spending it yeah that's true I'm always just concerned that you run out of money towards the end of the week Hi Patricia just to say I'm here in the Gira by McCroom it's pathetic to see dog warden's van parked up snooping and ready to pounce on some unfortunate person exercising themselves and possibly their pets dog wardens get a I'm not using that word get a life leave people alone they have enough to do well the dog warden he might they may not necessarily be checking up on dog licences they could be checking up and making sure somebody's cleaning up after their dogs and we want dog wardens uh, to be doing that for sure any idea do you still have to pay for parking in Mallow I'll get John Paul to check that. I haven't heard that there's any free parking, so we assume that you do have to pay. Please don't get caught out with a ticket on top of everything else that's going on. Have you found out about the fuel allowance? Keep up the good work. No, no word back on that uh, yet. We're still waiting. Are pensioners getting a double payment on Friday? Yes, they are. Hi, Patricia. I'm wondering how long does it take to get paid the COVID-19 payment? We posted it last Monday week. It went in the post. I heard Regina Doherty say yesterday she's expecting payments to be made on Friday. But let's put it out there. Has anybody already received your payment? This is for people who would have applied last week. Has anybody yet received the COVID-19 payment? Let us know. But I certainly heard Regina Doherty saying that they're expecting payment by Friday. But let's see. There's bound to be other listeners who applied as well. Let's see if anybody else has received it. Patricia, I'm 70 and my health is better than any of my young sons. Um, I don't take, don't know what it is to take a tablet, says Sheila. Well done and long may that uh, continue. We're not, yeah, I know what you're saying that when they talk about elderly people being more susceptible. There are many very healthy elderly people like yourself, Sheila. Long may that continue. Breathe in Mill Street says, please, 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 Patricia, tell people to use their small local shops um, more than ever now. And they deliver every day. I love the paper for the crossword puzzle. He's got a great local shop delivering. Well done, Breathe. Hi, Patricia, I put this to people. Oh, no, I want to hold off on that because I'm not going to get to that one today leave that for a sec I just want to get in on a final one that I had in uh, earlier this is lovely this is from Michelle and Blarney says Patricia I know this is unprecedented times but I wish people I see online would stop complaining I'm loving every second of this no stress no rushing no spending of money on unnecessary rubbish items less driving less diesel getting jobs done Um, I've Jobs like decluttering that I've put off. I'm now cleaning. God knows who gets the time. 
I'm decluttering and doing cleaning. God knows when we will get a time again like this just to completely switch off to sort of check out from the rat race. Breathe, enjoy your family, get to know your children, reconnect if you are following the advice. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ice, we will all stay safe. That's Michelle from Blarney. Well done. It's great to see. I love to see people like that. So, so positive. Keep that positivity going. Okay, quick break. And Peter Dowdle joins us after these. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Peter Dowdle of the Irish Gardening, uh, Garden.com uh, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. John Paul was just making the point that he's never seen gardens looking so well. So many people are out and about, which is terrific. People being forced to stay at home. Great time to be out in the garden. Well, most of the world's population is now on gardening leave. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. make you. So is Dennis in Newmarket who says he's got a large garden. He wants to have the garden using a hedge. What kind of hedge would Peter recommend for birds to attract birds and bees? It depends where he's living. What I mean by that is if you're in a rural situation, I think a mixed hedge can look fabulous. And of course, the more species you have, so a mixed hedge is just that. It's, just, it's like a normal hedge, in inverted commas, is just one plant repeated every foot or two. That's a one-species hedge. But if you're in a situation where you could do it anywhere, of course, but I think it looks better in a rural situation to have a mixed hedge where you have several different species. And the more species you use, of course, the more the more different uh, the more biodiversity it will sustain so the more different species you'll attract so if you have several species of plant you'll attract several species of birds and insects and, and wildlife so I think a mixed hedgerow can look lovely in a situation like that I'd use things like maybe um, the, the dog rose, rose of canina, maybe rose of ragosa, uh, you have viburnum opulus, all these native species which can look lovely 
if though you're you're just in a, a situation where you want to put in a, a straightforward one species hedge, and again without knowing the gardener, seeing the gardener, the conditions it's difficult to give exact advice, obviously. But but one of my favourite of all is just the beech hedge. That's the one that goes that lovely brown colour in the winter. It's still brown, but now in front of our eyes over the next couple of weeks, it will start going green again. Uh, that's a gorgeous hedge. Uh, Ailey Agnes is a fabulous hedge to, to plant if it's particularly if it's a windy situation. It's evergreen, as is Portuguese laurel, another nice tidy evergreen one. And then probably the quickest growing of all, or not probably, but I'd say definitely the quickest growing of all, if you want a good solid evergreen one, is just common laurel. So you've a number of a options. A lot of choice. There. Yeah, a lot of choice. Mary and Kiss Game, good afternoon. Patricia and Peter, only escape is gardening. Would you ask Peter, is it too late, late to give my roses a hard pruning or should I just lightly prune them at this stage? No, prune hard. Still prune hard. You're fine. It's, it's one of these jobs. Okay, ideally, I have it done by the, the, the end of February. So we're only a few weeks today, but the temperatures haven't been that warm anyway, Trish, so there's not that much new. I was out with my own yesterday and there is a bit of new growth, but not an awful lot. So you're not sacrificing much in terms of growth by, by cutting them back hard now. And it's the kind of job that it's, it's better, I've said this the last few weeks, it's better to do it a bit too late than not to do it. So yeah, go out and still hard prune. Okay, Alfie has sent in a WhatsApp picture to me of his red robin tree. Can I say, Alfie, your lawn is looking really good. He's got a lovely green lawn. He said, my red robin is losing all its leaves. There's practically nothing left on it now, only new growth on the tips of the branches. Is there anything I can do? And he sent on a picture and you can see all the leaves scattered scattered um, all, um, all over the lawn Yeah no I, I haven't seen that picture but from the way he's describing it uh, when you're when you're in a situation that red robin will respond well to being pruned it, it, red robin is a plant that looks lovely when it's well maintained but then when it gets sparse or leggy like it has it, it, it looks less than lovely put it that way but it will respond well to being pruned but not you have to be careful it's an evergreen plant so you can't remove all foliage you can't remove all the growth because then it can't photosynthesize it'll just die um, so cut it back as hard as you can which might not be hard at all in this case making sure that you leave some greenery below the cut but even because of the time of the year that we're at coming into the spring or properly in the spring now um, by cutting it back at all you're promoting the lateral buds the side shoots to come into growth so just cut it back lightly now and then probably in a few weeks time you'll be able to go at it a bit harder and gradually you'll start getting that plant down and more and more bushy that would be the way to approach it Okay this is is there any remedy for wire worm they ruined my potato crop last year says the texter There's not any easy one I'm afraid I would say crop rotation is your best thing uh, dig the soil over the winter and let the let the um the birds at them but I'd say crop rotation just, just try growing potatoes somewhere else for a few years is the best thing once they're in the soil it's, it's a very very difficult thing to, to get on top of now there was um, and I've often recommended it in your program Trish uh, Super Nemos which is a nematode a biological control for vine weevil and leather jackets and it also uh, controls wireworm but I just got the news yesterday unfortunately that Super Nemos is no longer available in Ireland mm-hmm. from this year so it's not going to be an option I'm and afraid. the reason for that it's it's uh, a commercial decision from the, the parent company that they're, oh. they're only they're only um, going to be servicing commercial orders more so than retail orders so it's not going to be it is still a product that's there and it's being used but only by commercial growers not, not the, the retail market wasn't strong enough for the market ah oh, what a pity ok hi uh, says the text is it too late to divide rhubarb uh, March end of March 
I'd say leave well alone for now, yeah. Like, if it's not that, if there's hardly anything up over the ground, depending on what part of the country you're living in, you might still get away with it. But if there's a good bit over the ground, I'd leave it to, to the, the autumn with Are you still with us? Yes, oh, I sorry, I thought, I thought the phone. I, yeah, anyway, yeah, I thought the phone line um, um, had dropped out on us there. Okay, let me go into some of your lot of texts. In uh, could you ask Peter please about euphoria? Euphoria, yeah, euphoria. plants, plants. Yeah. Um, they keep uprooting and blowing over during the storm time. Thank you. Signed, an amateur gardener. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry. Well, amateur or otherwise, that's that's just that's it. it something that unfortunately happens with the euphorbias. They are shallow-rooted. They're a lovely, lovely foliage plant, uh, gorgeous plant to grow, but yes, they can be, be short or shallow-rooted. The, the, it's not the end of the world, however, because if they do get blown out or half out during a spring condition, replant them, cut them back for, for stability, and that they're not top-heavy. So just cut them back for stability, replant them, put another shovel or two of soil around them, and they'll, they'll come back again. But yeah, there's, 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 the next storm will very possibly blow them out again. As they get more and more established over the years, they will tend to get better, obviously. Okay, Bridget says, question for Peter, are Rosa Rugosa invasive? We've planted three of them near a river last year in the community setting. If so, would it be necessary for us to remove them? No, they wouldn't be invasive as such. They wouldn't be on the, invent- uh, to the best of my knowledge anyway, they're not on, in- on any invasive plant species list. I'm 99% certain, no, they're not. They are vigorous, certainly, in that where you plant one, you will that clump will develop into a bigger clump relatively quickly. But no, I wouldn't regard it as invasive. It's not a problem plant. It's not something that's out of a problem planting near a waterway or anything like that. Um, so they maybe should be okay. Just, just keep it in check, certainly. And if you're anyway concerned, you can, you can get a barrier product, a root barrier product, which you, you, you can dig into the ground to stop it from spreading too far. Michael, in Bantry wants to know, is it okay to start cutting the grass and cutting the hedge? Oh, I was out cutting my grass on Sunday. Lots of people cutting grass at the moment. What about hedges? Yeah, grass, certainly, absolutely, no problem. Hedges, uh, depending on the variety, I'd probably be, could still do it up to maybe the end of this, well, the, the Wildlife Protection Act, the Wildlife Act is, it's illegal to cut your hedge from, I'm fairly sure it's the 30th of March. You might want to just double check that, though, before you do it, that it is illegal to cut the hedge from, from now until the end of August, start of September, because of birds. I think it's the end of March, isn't it? I think it's the 31st Which is another of March. Another few, yeah. few days left on it. Yeah, so, but I would, I mean, for even outside of the wildlife, from a horticultural point of view, I wouldn't leave it any later. I would ideally have most of that done by um, the start of March, middle of March. Okay, and a quick one. Can I prune a California lilac bush? It's gone too big, says Sean. You can. It's sea and oak. This fabulous plant. Again, they're evergreen. So like the red robin, don't cut them back too hard. Don't do never remove all the foliage. It is gone a bit late, and they're one plant that will respond well to being hard pruned. So only ever a light prune on it. Okay. All right. You're back with us next week. Um, you're keeping safe. You are all, social all distancing. Safe, 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 and hibernating. Well done. Very much well done. And enjoy Thanks. it and get out in the garden. Thanks Thank a million, Thank Peter. It's Peter Dowdell, the Irish Gardener. Dot com. Uh, sorry, we didn't get all. All of the questions, we'll keep a note of them though and uh, we'll hopefully get to them next week. My thanks to John Paul and to Stady on the phones uh, today and thank you to you, to all of the listeners who contributed to the programme today. We had busy, busy on uh, WhatsApps and texts and if we didn't get your WhatsApp or text today, I promise you we will read them all when we get off air. That's where I leave you. Talk to you tomorrow at 10. Get weekly news, event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie. 
From Bantry to Butterbent to Hallow to Dunmanway and every area in between, we've got it covered. To listen, go to c103.ie and click Regional Reports or download the C103 app and click Podcasts. Regional Reports, only on C103. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.